Welcome to Span Reads, not your typical rereads podcast, a 17 shard series where we reread the Cosmia and are giant nerds about it. Today, we will be talking about Mistborn, the final empire, in the context of the whole Cosmere. Joining me is Mish. Hi, first Rainbow Rose. Also joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm your writer. And Rosemary. I'm Kamif. Next up is Matt. I'm Comatose on the forums. And lastly is Katie. I'm Aeonine. And I'm Jessie, or Lady Lameness. This episode is going to have full Cosmere spoilers up to and including Rhythm of War, which is the most recent book that has been released. So if there's anything that happens in the Lost Metal that might be relevant, we don't have it. We wish we did, but we don't have it yet. We were having a conversation earlier um, in these episodes, and I thought of something. Because in Rhythm of War... We learned Thydekar is Kelsier on our interview with Brandon. He 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 spoke a little about the ghost bloods and about how Kelsier is very good at having a very healthy crew dynamic when he's around. And it's when like he's not around that issues start happening and you get Roshar and Ghost Bloods, which are not good people. But it's interesting that the point of the crew that failed, Yeadon, it happened when Kelsier wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Kelsier, he built him up and Yeadon thought he knew what he was doing, but he didn't have Kelsier to hold him back from going a step <laughs> too far. And I just thought, oh, like this makes sense now. There, there are also moments in the book where the crew is ready to throw in the towel until Kelsier shows up and says, no, look. This, this isn't as bad as you think it is. So it, he's not just keeping them from doing dumb stuff, but he's also keeping them on track, yeah. keeping them focused on the goal. And I think it goes both ways as well, because I think those moments show Kelsia that he also needs to rein it in. Otherwise, people are going to start disappearing. And it is a two-way street. The spoilers that I, like, spoilery thing that I picked up on was I love the reflection. And when Vin finds her mist cloak, it's because there's a tassel hanging out. And in Alloy of Law, when uh, Wax finds his mist cloak at the very end, it's because there's a tassel hanging out of a chest and they notice it. And I loved <laughs> catching that reflection. And, and I also, also noticed that. David was there when Vin found hers. And he is at least somewhat responsible for setting that up. Oh yeah, wax, and and it's almost like he he mirrored it on purpose. I wouldn't be surprised if Brandon mirrored it on purpose, but yeah. I love, I love that little mirror of okay, I caught that. And what I was uh, gonna say during one of the episodes that I thought realized was a spoiler. I talked in the character episode, I think about how like this book has kind of two main protagonists with Kelsier and Vin, mm-hmm. um, but I like how this book lays the groundwork because I think the two real protagonists of the series are actually Vin and Cezed. And it's really like their story. Um, and Kelsier is more of a inciting incident um, in, in a lot of ways and how he kind of launches both Vin and Cezed's stories um, in this book and sets them on the path. Um, and then they're also the three of them together make a really interesting trinity as 
the playing with the archetype of the chosen one, which we know Brandon was really interested in. Um, and so we have, you know, the original story of the false chosen one, we find out Elendi, and then an even falser chosen one, Rashek taking his place. And then with these three, you have Kelsier kind of making himself into a chosen one. He's a manufactured messiah. Um, you have Vin, who like really feels like the chosen one and is a chosen one in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of always feeling the call of destiny and answering it. And then you have Sezed, who's kind of this more resistant background figure who goes through these highs and lows throughout the series and then becomes the ultimate hero of ages. I was really struck in this book how he's kind of setting that up uh, with, with the three of them. Initially, when I read this, Sezed is such... He's a prominent character, but he's still... Like, he's like Vin's sidekick, right? Yeah. Um, not a super... But I, I did like how he kind of wove in some of those notes of what he would become in, in the later books. And I think going off that, a thought that occurred to me, Rashik is tired. He is mm -hmm. tired of everything in this book. Would he actually have taken up the power again when the well filled in the next year? Because preservation was like, yeah, Rashak's going to keep doing this. I love the guy because he keeps things the same. But I kind of think he wouldn't have done it like when the well refilled because he's so he tired of it. I think he would have because it would have, I think he would have looked at it as this will revive me. I yeah. won't be so tired anymore once I've taken the power again. I'll be okay. Yeah, I think I, that's what has maybe been keeping him going is I the idea he was, that he, there's that that light at the end of the tunnel of being able to take the power again and maybe fix things better. Yeah, yeah. that's me, is I imagine he would take it up to, as a chance to fix things. He just has to stick around long enough to, you know, for it to come back and then he can maybe fix some of the problems that he's created. Then Vin comes along and throws a wrench into that entire plan. Mm -hmm. yeah. Rashek's interesting because he's kind of stuck in that situation of I had the power for five minutes unexpectedly. I had no time to make any plan about how I was going to use it because I didn't know what it was going to be. And then I just kind of did the best I could. And now he's had a thousand years to think about everything he could have done better with that five minutes. I, I think the tiredness for me partially speaks to kind of the unnatural nature of how he's extending his life. Mm -hmm. I, I like how it contrasts with the other ageless entities we meet in the Cosmere, like the Chandra and the, um, well, even, although actually now that I'm thinking about it, tiredness and agelessness do kind of go together because the first generation we have being very tired and the returned often don't live long because they start to feel a call to move to the beyond um and the herald are tired too raboniel like she just yeah. wants like the war to end the win so. if she can but if if she loses so be it then at least it's done so yeah that's really interesting i'm now reversing my point i i think maybe brandon is kind of pointing that all forms of immortality might be somewhat unnatural for the human body and are pushing and hoyd seems to be doing okay but Hoyd has also done some weird stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also has like a massive amount of investiture. Well, mm-hmm. theoretically, it, like he can store his memories externally, which is probably Roshek is using his copper mines for that because yeah. we know that's an issue for like people who live a long time. Your brain oh. only stores so oh. much information. Mm-hmm. Hoyt also has ongoing plans and things he is mm-hmm. trying to do and a lot to keep track of across multiple worlds. Whereas mm-hmm. Rashek and some of the others are just trying to like keep on going in a lot of ways, yeah, which I think might help him. Talking about uh, the Lord Ruler's metal mind, people, you know, you've got the bands of mourning, mm-hmm. which everybody wants the bands of mourning because Mistborn powers. Uh, could you imagine unlocking the Lord Ruler's copper mind and being able to see that for a little bit, like? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's got to be some really salty memories in there. I mean, that guy was jaded. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I wonder now if that would be something that Brandon would even play with is once the once the bands of mourning have truly been found. Or well, the, the bands of mourning aren't actually a thing. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I, like, um, so it's like. I mean, well, okay, fair, because that's actually Kelsier's. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're an artificial like thing. It's like, like there are no like stories about the bands of mourning like in Era One because like they're just metal mines. Like they flew off the edge of the building, yeah, never to be seen again. They 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 did pick them up. They found them and found out there wasn't that much yeah. ATM in them. Yeah, I thought yeah. I had with the bands that he had that I didn't quite understand how this would happen like how this would work he's using these bands to stay young and vin taking them out makes him die what if someone Mm -hmm. just cut off his arm has no one like cut off his arm at all in the thousand years that he has been there like he's being blown up once how like i i guess like i know that gold can revive the body and uh like i think wayne gets blown up as well but if disconnection from the Atium, uh, <laughs> uh, from from his Atium mind is what makes him age and die, then what happens in the cases where he has been attacked to the point that they have been disconnected from him in the past? He's Depends young. on when it happened. Yeah, yeah he's it, um, he's pretty young. It, I think he says it happens within like the first couple of centuries, and yeah. it was compounded in that. You know, he's been alive for a thousand years, so he's got a thousand years worth of catch up versus a century's worth of catch up would happen over the course of a half hour. Much more slowly. Okay. But also it's like he he has like um, metal mines on both arms. Like you have to chop both of them off at the same time. And there's a whole thing that like it's not... Gold healing isn't always intuitive. Like, it's not like it goes off of the largest piece of you. Yeah. So it's like, get your head chopped off. You're just going to grow a new head rather than like your head growing a new body. So it's like, so weird to me because that's where your brain is. But I I get it. Cosmere doesn't work that way. Yeah. The Cosmere is like, there's the three realms. It's like, your head isn't the center of you. So as long as like it's, so it does make sense. It's like you have to like, disconnect it from his flesh entirely i mean like to be fair to jess i think that he says that like when he's caught fire he's like a skeleton 
Which is uh, not a direct quote. Um, it's a myth about him. So we okay. don't actually know if he was... Like, it's not him saying that. It's the rumors he- the crew has been able to uncover about the Lord Ruler. Mm-hmm. And so they describe these accounts of him burning down to a skeleton. Mm-hmm. I think he says at the end, like, I've been blown... Or I've been yeah. caught fire. I've been blown up or something. So it... yeah. But again, as long as it's early enough into his life and he has access to gold. Something I always use to help justify Vin, because it's Vin beating the Lord Ruler here is kind of a fluke, um, I I think, as well. Um, Fortune was strong for her, um, you might say. Um, Something I've tried to remind myself of is I don't think the Lord Ruler was like in full combat mode with Finn because he didn't think he needed to be. Whereas on some of these battles, if he's like leading an army and is staying in an inn and it gets burned down, like he knows I'm surrounded by enemies and I'm ready for anything. And the thing about compounding is like, it does take some setup and how you set it up can be different. So maybe when he's like out on a campaign, he has like more hidden ATM and gold mines and has some swallowed ones and has taken some different steps. Whereas when he fights Vin, like he's in his throne room, center of his power, surrounded by inquisitors. He hasn't had a real challenge in hundreds of years. And there's this like one year of experience, misborn girl who he's slapping around like a doll. Um, it, it kind of, that's how I justify it. In my in my head canon. And then the idea that I brought up in, in the character episode that he's just tired and maybe there was a part of him that really didn't <sighs> want to fight that hard. Mm, I, I don't know. Like based off of, like what I remember from like when we see him in secret history after his death. <laughs> like he goes into the beyond willingly, but like I didn't I didn't really get a sense of him being like <laughs> Um, tired. Oh, finally, it's just like, like fine. Like I'm just gonna like I'm dead now. I'm I'm buggering off. Yeah, he he didn't have any more real investment in sticking around in telling them anything important. He's just mm-hmm. like, meh. Screw you guys. I'm I'm going on. <laughs> you know, he just didn't care. And mm-hmm. you know, even if he wasn't like actively death wishing, he just. He he didn't seem to have enough of an emotional investment in sticking around to really fight that hard. But like I I see that like as two very different things. It's like he's not invested in fighting because like why would he expect like this random yeah um, misborn to draw upon the mist like mm. that? Like I totally don't blame him for not giving this fight his all. It's like like. By why all rights, he, he should have won. And some people argue that why why did he scramble after the things? Why didn't he use iron to just pull them to him? And I mean, he was caught off guard and he panicked and he hasn't had to do anything like using iron or steel in combat for a very long time. And he's out of practice. And and I think also like it happens very game. fast. Like, because like, I think it says he reached for them, which for all we know, it might have been a reach, which would have been followed by an iron pull, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and Vin quickly pushes them away. Um, 
but yeah, no, the, the Lord Ruler is really interesting for a lot of reasons to look at in hindsight. Um, so I'm glad we're talking about it in this episode because he's such a unique character, even in like the scope of the Cosmere. Like there's no, yeah, very few other people who have like kind of the combination of power and knowledge um, that, that he, he did. Also, he has kids out there that are apparently not important. Eric's not here to complain. I loved Trellism. Trellagism. Yeah, Trellagism. Trellagism. Yes. But always fun. Yeah. That little, little shadow. And we got a Hensoon name drop in in one of Ellen's point of view scenes. And we're like, oh, I know him. Yeah. Yeah. It's so subtle as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't. I'm sure people did remember it and pick up on it, but I don't know how. Uh, rereads. Yeah. I don't think there was anybody thinking back. I don't think anybody caught it the first time around. I think it was the rereads that yeah. is when people started picking up yeah. on it. Yeah. But like, also, I- like, in that scene, it's like he's referred to as the Venture Kandra, which is like, mm-hmm. you, we don't know what Kandra means at that point. Yeah. Though. And like, there's a couple other viewpoints, like, where it's like, I think it's Hammond's viewpoint where he sees Renault like or or Sewer um get the axe in the back and like make eye contact and like Renault like falls down the ground and like Hammond says like I don't think that's fatal for a Kandra, like he's just playing along. It's like we get like the use of the word Kandra like mm. a couple of times before we learn what a Kandra actually is, which I think is really neat. Yeah. yeah. And I think what you're when you're reading that scene for the first time, you're seeing that element of it, that it's one of these building blocks of the world that you need to understand a twist that happens later. So it's like, oh, Chandra are servants of the nobility. We're learning that in this scene. So you're not thinking this is going to be a significant character later. You're thinking, okay, this gave me the piece of knowledge I needed to know to understand Kelsier's, help understand Kelsier's plan um, later. It's the foreshadowing. The foreshadowing mm-hmm. is great. Oh, yes. Brandon is a foreshadowing. Oh, and speaking of foreshadowing, <laughs> I feel like we can't talk about Final Empire without talking about how on the first freaking page it says, I will bear the future of the world on my arms. Another thing, important thing to note is like Brandon wrote the entire trilogy mm. straight through, then went back to revise. So it's like he could do like, like this is some of the best foreshadowing like he's done like ever because like he's not just like setting up the tea balls for a book three books down the road that hasn't been written yet like he has the three books and he can really play with the foreshadowing well in and a beautiful way talking about foreshadowing i loved the i will be connected to the kings but i'm not actually a king myself and there's an yeah, entire the bloodless bond to the world's kings yeah or like uh the discord <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. like all of that prophecy of, um, you know, oh, I can, I'm related to the kings through marriage, and you read it after the fact, and you're like, no, 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 you're, 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 get out of the way. You have mm-hmm. no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I actually forgot that the Discord reference was in this book. I thought it was in Hero of Ages, and I got to it, and I was like, oh, wow, we're doing this now. Okay. Yeah. 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 And- like the Discord harmony. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I love how he plays with prophecy in these books because at the end you're still wondering, you know, preservation. Like 
do the prophecies mean anything? Because like, like preservation, like we know preservation set them up and apparently has good future sites, but like and probably the- also accurately predicted how ruin was going to mess with them. Yeah. Yeah, well, and yeah, and that's the thing. So it's like, and are you like, so in a way, was Elendi really a hero of ages? Was Rashek in some ways a hero of ages? Was Vin in some ways? It, like, we have this lineage of kind of heroes. And, you know, to what extent are they all? Because even Kelsier, I think some of the prophecies can apply to Kelsier too. And so it's this, we have these central heroic figures that all had a part to play Mm-hmm. to get Sazed to the point where he needed to be to save the world and become the final hero. Interesting. I want to say in the annotations, one of the working titles for Hero of Ages was the, the final, final hero. hero. But like yeah. Brennan couldn't come up with a the final name for Well of Ascension, so he just ditched it. I, I do like that there was a succession of heroes of the ages, and then there was the, the final one. And the final, yeah. Yeah. The hero of the, maybe these were heroes of their age. Mm-hmm. And then that is the hero of ages because he's the hero that lasts through the ages, right? Is how he. Speaking of foreshadowing, something that I noticed right at the beginning, I'm pretty sure this is in the prologue, is the start of the references to the cave systems and their mm-hmm. importance. Yep. And not only is that, like, of course, big for this book, but big for the entire series. And I wasn't expecting it. And, of course, Kelsey is talking to Menace, and it's like, oh, yeah, these cave systems that people just go and live in and do stuff in. It's like, oh, it's right there at the beginning. I think it's that uh, he's talking, uh, Menace is, what are we going to do? And Menace is like, well, there's caves that the people are in Mm. i think that's how they come up but okay either way yeah it's right at the beginning it was great he knows about the caves and then that sets it up for when the art the ska resistance goes there menace is one of the people who's already just been chilling there i was thinking could we talk about the skadrian world hoppers the minor ones like felt and i'm gonna butcher this name because i don't say it the french way demox Demo. Oh, demo. demo. Yeah, demo. Yeah, him. I used to say it uh, demo X if that makes you feel better, and now everyone's okay to laugh at me. Um, I think technically the French pronunciation is demo. Yeah, but it's demo. Yeah, demo. I say. I, demo. I'm using the graphic audio pronunciation. Well, because when this book came out, there was no conception of world hoppers um, until we got the Hoyd mention. So then we know at least Hoyd. Yeah, because we had Elantris and Final Empire, so we're like, okay, there's. Floyd was really into that that informant character that he I'm was playing here too. He's just Hoyd like, really, Hoyd? You're really overselling this. I mean, the method acting here is a bit mm-hmm. over the top. But it is it's the beginning of like their hatred for each other. Yes, yeah. they loathe each other. Fel is such an interesting character because it's like. We didn't think he was the same person when he showed up in Words of Radiance. Like, why would we think this random spy master from House Venture would end up being a world hopper? But it makes sense. Like, tied to House Venture, like, they ran the pits. The pits are perpendicularity. Like, there was a thriving mercantile enterprise there. It's like, 
how much did house venture know about that like just like or like how much was this society these societies keeping tabs on venture mm-hmm. because of their oversight you know so i'm even if venture didn't know maybe felt was positioned to work for them the question becomes does felt originate from scadriel or is he one of our very first world hoppers because demo originated from scadriel we know that Mm -hmm. he's not a world hopper when we meet him yeah i think it's confirmed that felt's from scadriel he might be a world hopper though already when we see him in the books definitely Demu, we know, is not yeah. a world hopper yet. Yeah. Um, yeah he, he joins the 17th Shard later on. I, I had a thought. This was like last night I had this thought. I was thinking about this. Um, we also know another Skadrian world hopper that we have a hard time tracking is the... Um, there's a Chandra world hopper somewhere. Where's and Waldo? Of Brandon to shoot this down. Um, but I was like... What if felt is the world hopping Chandra? I mean, and wouldn't that be like a trolley move on Brandon's part to be like, oh, there's a world hopper you already know about, but you don't know he's a Chandra. So I'm going to say there's a world hopping Chandra. So <laughs> then, then is felt the felt that we see here, or is it a Chandra pretending to be felt later on who's using his bones? We don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just random. Or is the felt we see here already a Chandra? That, yeah. That's what I was asking. Which yeah. somebody so asked him soon. <laughs> Maybe if he was Chandra, because he stands out a bit on Rochard. Like he's noted for having distinctive mm-hmm. features. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe if he was a Chandra, he would be better at blending in and making some probably. adjustments. That's fair. or you know the Chandra is being extra clever and is blending in by not blending in. It would make sense yeah, I'm just- as well with the talks about cultivation, not liking him, and maybe it's more than he's a world hopper, but he's a Chandra and cultivation does not like Chandra. Well, it's, I, I don't think the implication was that like cultivation doesn't like him. It's like the N- Night Watcher doesn't show up to non-natives. Okay. Not non-Rosharans, yeah. Okay. And it's like, and Delinar has remarked, is like, well, I'm not from around here any either, and like, felt like, no, I'm like, I'm less I'm than you are. You're, you're more local than I am, trust me. Yeah, you need a connection, potentially. Okay, yeah. okay. Also, it is interesting, too, seeing Brandon starting to play with some of these, like, bigger concepts, like connection and fortune and all this that we haven't, we don't have much at all on but yeah i don't know it's yeah because he's he said atium was like built specifically to foreshadow fortune as a concept in the yeah. cosmere there's also the influences and for some reason my mind thinks that this plays into what was just said but i don't know there's the influences with gemmel and the 11th medal mm-hmm. and the push uh, through ruin to set this path in motion, which presumably has come from uh, ruin's future site. The other fun thing, speaking of ruin, that I love doing every time I reread these books since the first time I read them, is picking out when it's ruin whispering to Vin and when she's actually remembering Reen, because it actually is set up differently. Like she'll be like, "Oh yeah, I remember when Reen would say," and then there's other times when it's like. Don't trust them, said Reen. And so it's like, oh, like that is like Reen's voice is actually speaking to her right now. And later we find out that was, <sighs> that was ruined. 
But I think the exception is, I want to say there's a wob somewhere because there's the one at the end of this book where Reen says, go to him. And I think Brandon has said that time it was not Ruin somehow. Or maybe it was Ruin and he wanted her to go to Eland because he could see maybe she was more likely to get to the well if she was with Eland. I don't know. Yeah, it could have just been her mind saying something in Reen's voice and it be being yeah. the, the follow-on from the fact that he didn't actually betray her. So she's thinking in his voice, but down a different path. So, but the way it's written follows the pattern of the other. Yeah, I'm just thinking if Brandon said that it's not, then that's yeah. what comes to mind for me. Yeah, and I, I think I'd have to go back through the text version of the book to pick those out because mm-hmm. it doesn't, doesn't come across in the audio, the graphic audio version anyway, because all of those naked dialogue tags get stripped out because you don't need dialogue tags when you can tell who's speaking just from the voice. Yeah. Except when you can't tell because <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any trouble and... telling them apart, but it, I, I struggled. Like when they're like all back to back is like sometimes I could tell, but sometimes I'm like, uh, it's like, I think uh, I had trouble at first, but once I learned them, it got easier. Mm-hmm. I also have really tonally sensitive ears, if that makes sense. So I pick out vocal timbres like that. Mm-hmm. You you don't get to be a, a first chair oboist in university band and orchestra without having a good ear. <laughs> we get the setup of like the shard pools um, in this book with um, in the, the bumps. Fedic uh, investigates a strange metal pool and then, mm. and then the, a miss spirit injures him. Um, we get a lot of setup for the miss spirit here. Um, Vin yeah. feels pulses from the well at one point. Yeah. Like that's yeah, set up yeah, here. She's when she's trying to credit shot. really focusing in on her on her alamancy. Yeah. She she yeah, she feels the other. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that's right. That's hap- that happens when she's trying to pierce Kelsier's copper cloud. For a moment she hears the well. She hears hears something else, yeah. And I think Brandon even at that part can if I'm remembering correctly, conveniently positioned them in relation to Critic Shaw so she would feel it to the north. Um, and I wasn't sure if that was a mistake because I know at one point the well wasn't located at Credit Shaw, or if it was a misdirection to keep that idea that if people caught on to that, that the spoiler that the well was moved wouldn't be uh, uh, spoiled by that, but it would still foreshadow her connection yeah. to the well. And, it, and it's still faint at this point because yeah. it hasn't filled yet. Okay, well, thank you for watching, everyone. You can find us at 17shard.com for all your news, discussion, theories, and fun that you could ever have. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, and support us on Patreon. See you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.